Oklahoma and UCF. Oh, hold on. Did we get a start time for next Saturday's Kansas game? Not yet. I am not going to lie to you, Josh Helmer. I'm kind of rooting for an early game. Get in and get out. Get in, get out. I don't think we'll be 11 a.m. But then again, I didn't think the day would be 11 a.m. this week either. (laughs) What do I know? No clue whatsoever. The Tulsa world had a really, you know, credit Eric Bailey and the relationship that he had with Gus Malzahn going back to his Tulsa days where he got a chance to have an exclusive with Gus Malzahn. A lot of really nice things said about Oklahoma and Dylan Gabriel. Like you mentioned, Josh, aggregation central off anything that's said. Everyone's kind of looking for some sort of drama or storyline to this. But I don't. I don't necessarily know if that's if that's something that Josh. What's oh, the best way to put it? There's is, no controversy on the deal? Oklahoma side. There you go. Thank you. And but, I don't really know if there is on the UCF side. Maybe a little bit with Dylan Gabriel. I, I remember when he first came here. One of the discussions from several UCF fans was hey, more focused on NIL than winning or this or that. And so some of that might still exist out there for those fans. But like we said, or like you said, Plank, the game's here. So that eliminates a lot of that. Yeah, exactly. By the way, um, two things that I did want to mention. Our buddy Jim Costello has brought this up, and I'm sorry, not sorry, for not bringing up baseball yet. But mad props to the Rangers. Who got the shutout in game one against the Astros. The start they needed. Did you see that play in the eighth inning? Were you, I just happened to be watching because I was on the air. The uh, And I don't even remember who was at the plate for the Astros. Um, now, now this is going to bother me unless I, I get it right. Don't you text it either, people. I was I'll watching it, it live, and I have no idea what you're talking about. The fly ball to center field in that, in that left center field area for the Astros. And Altuve is on first. And he forgets to tag back after he had rounded second and gets doubled off. Yeah, it was it was Bregman. It was Bregman that was at the plate. Hit one to the deepest part of the field. Thought it had tied the game, to be honest with you, Josh. In the bottom of the eighth inning. Mm-hmm. And it ends up a double play. I At that moment, I was like, the Rangers are winning this game, and they're going to win this series. I mean, that was just – and Altuve, that cheating – Cheater, that cheating cheater. He, uh, anytime he makes a mistake, I'm all about it. But I'm, it, you know, it's good. I've let go of the, of the 2019 World Series, right? It's our 18 World Series. It's good. I've let that go. Glad I've moved on from it. Yeah, that is good. But congratulations to the Rangers last night. They win again, 3:30 today, and then Game One of the National League Championship Series, where uh, close friends and family members will be watching the Diamondbacks and the Phillies at 7 o'clock tonight on TBS. Anything else from the no- – oh, NFL-wise, a couple quick notes before we just spend 20 minutes on college football. No more undefeated teams left. Jets beat the Eagles. Browns beat the Niners. Two stats that blew my mind yesterday. Are you ready? Kyle Shanahan falls to 1-9 and nine in his career against Jim Schwartz. That wow. Crazy? Defensive coordinator for the Browns. Meanwhile, the Jets beat the Eagles 20-14. to That's the first time the Jets have 
ever beaten the Eagles. <laughs> really? How many times had they played prior? Uh, they had played – their first time they played was in 73. So they had played 12 times prior. Oh, my the gosh. They were 0-11? They were uh, – no, they were 0-12. And then they got the win in the 13th game. And I'm telling you right now, Josh, the scores had not been close. Wow. And they really shouldn't have won this one. No, they had no business winning this game. Again, I was just like, Jalen Hurts, dude, what are you doing? Uh, injury. Oh, Sunday night football was was a really tough watch, but the Bills won at fourteen to nine. Cowboys Chargers Monday night football, and then Josh will wait on any injury updates. Dislocated right thumb for Justin Fields. He's likely out against the Raiders next week. Ryan Tannehill ankle injury. He hurt it in the third quarter. Didn't come back. No update on Trevor Lawrence's knee injury. No update this morning on Baker's left hand slash arm injury. Jimmy G left with a back injury when he. I don't know, sneezed? Have you seen the video when he got hurt? I'll pull it up as we speak. Uh, no, wait, hold on. Allow me to send it to you. Okay. This is this is the level of anger that I'm at right now with this injury because it makes absolutely zero sense at all. I, I, I'm sending it to you right now. This is a play where an NFL quarterback got hurt, Josh, and you tell me what in the world is going on here. Meanwhile, if you were watching Sunday Night Football, you saw the scary moment. Damian Harris, he's going to be okay, left with a neck injury. Other injuries, no update on Lane Johnson this morning. No update on Christian McCaffrey, oblique rib injury, and an MRI today after x-rays were negative on Debo Samuel's shoulder. Two other quick notes from the NFL if you missed it. Tyree Kill, 814 yards receiving through his first six games. That's on NFL record pace. And the Browns' defense has allowed 1,002 yards through their first five games. It's the fewest since the 1971 season. I have no idea how he got hurt. How did he get hurt on that? I mean, I understand, like, this is my the worst analogy ever. But the Dale, Jer- the Dale Earnhardt crash did not look all that severe. But we lost Dale on that day in 2001. <laughs> Sad day. Jimmy G, it's like he's walking back to the huddle. I mean, what are we even doing right now? The first comment on the YouTube video you sent me, G, Jimmy G injured. Shocker. <laughs> Makes no sense. I mean, YouTube, uh, the community is just ruthless. All right. You ready for the top five things we learned from college football this weekend? Let's do this thing. Mm. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. All right, all right. Newcastle Casino, I-44, X and 107, 14 table games, including Blackjack and Baccarat, and also Happy Hour, 3 to 6, Monday through Friday. Check out the OTB as well at Newcastle Casino. All right, here we go. Big takeaway, number five. Number five. Now, I understand... Some of you might hear this and view it as piling on. You might say, but Plank, you try to fancy yourself as some sort of non-Lincoln-Riley clowner, if that's the term. It's not something that you uh, you necessarily look at and say is something that you're going to get involved in. But in this instance, Josh, I think it's different. So number five, USC's in big trouble. Big trouble. 
And I feel like we've been saying it since the start of the season because we all watched that game on Saturday night. Notre Dame isn't a great football team this year, but we we also realize what? They were infinitely more physical than USC was on Saturday night. And USC, I mean, that wasn't a great Notre Dame team. I'm going to say it a thousand times. Josh, that looked, that looked bad. That looked bad for USC. And the problem, it should have lost to Arizona the week before. It's not going to get any easier. I think they're in big trouble, man. I think they're in big trouble the rest of the way with that schedule. And going forward for for that program, I mean, th- think about what they're about to join. USC, Preach. USC going people. forward in the Big Ten is not better than Michigan. They're not better than Ohio State. They're not better than Penn State. I don't think long term they're better than Oregon, Washington. Okay, you know, I'll, I'll entertain a hey, let's see one more season from mm. from Washington post uh, Michael Penix Jr. playing quarterback. But I mean, that's that's best case scenario in my mind. Fifth to start in the Big Ten right now. Mm, 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 mm. Work, work. No, hold on. Could, could you hear that? It's a little bit low. There's no, there's no magic pill for this, right? You go, you go to work. You address the areas that, uh, that are not showing up on Saturdays. You, 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 know, you look at, you know, you look at any personnel changes that you might make. What are you doing schematically? What are you teaching fundamentally? Because again, these little things. One of them changes, two of them changes, all of a sudden the whole thing can flip. You know, the whole thing can flip. It is such a game of momentum. And so, yeah, there's – we know what we got to do. You know, now we just got to put the, put the work in and go do it. And the most important thing for our locker room right now is going to be ignoring all the outside noise, and we've got to believe in one another and what we're capable of, and we got to stick together. Uh, I told the guys, I've been – you know, and, and this is, has nothing to do with me. I've been part of teams now – uh, for, for, for a little while. And as a head coach, I've been a part of teams. We've had uh, several of them. We've had a loss throughout the year because it's pretty damn tough to go undefeated in college football, right? In case anybody hadn't noticed, it doesn't happen very often. Uh, it, throughout my career as a head coach, we've had one time that where we took a loss somewhere in, in the year that we didn't end up in the conference championship game. One time. And we did it. And in that one game, we were one play away from being in the conference championship there, too. So it's and this group is more than capable. Now we got to go do it. We got to go make the corrections. We got to go fix the things that we got to fix. We got to coach and play better. But is it is it in our power? Is it something we're capable of? I, I believe it to my core, and we're going to go fight our ass off to get it done. <laughs> coach, what about your track record? Record would indicate that you're about to go work. Going to go get it done, Josh. They're going to go fight, and they're going to go get it done. I think it, they're in big trouble. It's painful to listen to that. Dude, I feel like I've lived it. I feel like I've lived it. All right. Um, let me give you a, a very unique number four here, Josh. Number four. I would like to add to the list of teams that I'm buying some stock in right now to the North Carolina Tar Heels. Welcome to a team that I'm currently in a buy mode on. The UNC Tar Heels. May over the middle, Walker, first down, touchdown, Tez Walker. 
So Tez Walker comes back, is unstoppable. Get a peep, as the kids would say nowadays, Josh. Peep the North Carolina schedule that's left. Virginia. Win. At Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's a little better, but I would expect them to win that game, right? Take a knee late, you'll probably win the game. Yeah, sure, sure. Campbell. I don't know. The Campbell fighting camels. You got to look out every now and then. That, by the way, an incredible logo. Right. Versus Duke. We still don't know about Riley Leonard. At Clemson. At NC State. Clemson's 2-2 two and two in conference play, man. That'll be a tough game at Clemson. Yeah, oh, of course it will. Of course it will. But I'm kind of buying Drake May's little stud. Some people are even starting that annual you have a great quarterback in the draft but you want to sound different so someone will always say I think I'd take Drake May over Caleb Williams but Josh am I if I'm looking for an under the rate and I watched I don't know why or how I ended up watching a lot of this game on Saturday but am I crazy if I, I think North Carolina can be one of those teams right now under the radar that when they play Clemson in three or four weeks, they're still undefeated, and we're wondering what their chance is against, say, a Florida State in the conference title game? Sure. I mean, right now, they ought to be 10-0 and for that game, I think. Sure. That's crazy. That's crazy. And by the way, you know, it's funny. People want to laugh about Clemson. Clemson had Florida State beat. They just couldn't finish the deal. So uh, maybe I'm being a little bit more soft towards Dabo than others. But, yeah, interesting. All right, um, number three. Yeah, they, they, that's true, though. They very well could have beat those guys. Should have. Number should've. three. Josh, I brought this up, and I'm just going to follow up and see if you buy into it even more. I, sim- I, I love the Pac-12 this year. I wish this wasn't its swan song. It's really, really good football that's being played. But I do think it's going to cannibalize itself. Remember, they, they eliminated divisions. While USC is still 4-0 in conference play, They've got to play Washington. They've got to play Oregon still. They've got to play Utah still. Washington, you know, I'm not here to try to build up the Apple Cup or anything, but their schedule is a beast, including that final weekend against Washington State. I mean, it's, to me, I just think it's one of the most interesting conferences in how deep it is, but in that same vein, Everyone's got to play each other down the stretch. I mean, Washington won, but they still have three games against ranked teams, and two of those three are on the road. Yeah, so that, I think it's going to cannibalize itself. We ran down the final four games for them is uh, incredibly challenging. USC, Utah, at, or, at USC, home for Utah, at Oregon State, home from Wazoo. So I think it's going to be tough. And you know what? If, uh, if they get through that unblemished, do they even need to win the Pac-12 championship game? Nope. If you if you're walking into that Pac-12 title game undefeated, and you've you've survived that gauntlet, I think you've got a really good chance to get in, regardless of what happens in that game. All right, um, where are we? Number two. Number two. Do you feel any better about who the third team is in the Big 12 right now? Absolutely not. <laughs> My big takeaway from this weekend is I think I'm even. Nothing really surprised me in the Big 12 this weekend. I think every team that I expected to win won. Maybe that maybe that number in the in the TCU BYU game was a little bit larger than I expected when 
suddenly John Hoover's son. It's not. I'm just kidding. Josh Hoover's not related to John Hoover. He's throwing for like four bills, and TCU is winning by 33. I thought Kansas State got a little bit more away from Texas Tech than I expected, and Iowa State thumped on Cincinnati. Both Oklahoma State's win over Kansas, and you know, listen, Lance Leibold can complain about the calls all he wants. I think he was right on one of them. They just gave him the wrong name on the personal foul, right? It was it was definitely a personal foul. They just told him it was the wrong dude late in that game. I don't feel any more confident or any more clear on who's number three, Josh. Yeah, it's tough to get a read on. I, I continue to feel like it's probably Kansas State, but Iowa State, Oklahoma State, I'm taking notice. Impressive. That's right. Which gets us to number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. By the way, breaking news, Gus Malzahn, or as Todd Graham used to call him, Gus Malzahn. Gus Malzahn uh, has announced that John Rice Plumley will start on Saturday. Keep in mind, he started their last game before the bye week. Oh, terrible. See whether or not he has a longer leash come Saturday. But... Uh, a big big takeaway this weekend, number one for me, and we, we touched on it earlier, Josh. The playoff picture seems like it's starting to kind of clarify itself a bit. You're starting to see the path for certain teams. Here's a question. If there was a second team out of the Big Ten, who do you think that can be? It's. Are you buying Penn State? I am, yeah, and I think they're going to beat Ohio State. I do, too. But, uh, yeah, Penn State, Michigan, both maybe? I I think probably it's going to just be a, a one-team situation, though, Me out too. of the Big Ten. But I'll tell you this, somebody from the Big Ten East is going. Somebody from the Big Ten East is going. All right, uh, Josh and Connor Paz, we have you the rest of the way. I got Coach's Corner with Jeff Levy and Miguel Chavis, and I'm taping with Gabe coming up right now. And uh, we'll give you all the details from that as we're back into game week mode. Don't forget tonight at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue, you got Coach Venables. I think uh, Toby and Ted will be with Coach. And then you have Gabe and Teddy hanging out. Uh, I'm sorry, Gabe and Caleb Kelly hanging out with Toby on the huddle tonight. All of it starts at 6 o'clock from Rudy's. I'll be back tomorrow at 9, but Josh has a ton of texts. And more things we learned from this weekend of college football coming up next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Back with you. It's the Plank Show, hour number three. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend out there. Nice little perhaps. Can't speak to your National Football League affiliations, but nice little stress-free. Sooners in the 6-0 and clear kind of college football weekend. Little point and laugh kind of weekend uh, out west. Josh Elmer, Connor Pasby. Back with you. We call this the Plank Show, hour number three, presented by Moppin Roofing. They've got you covered, Oklahoma. Call Bob Moppin and his team at 405-703-3843. Moppin Roofing is a full-service company, family-owned and operated with over 35 years of experience, insurance specialists that can help with fire and flood remediation work, fully insured, licensed, and bonded. That is, again, Moppin roofing connor what's up man good morning my friend did you enjoy the football weekend that was i did josh yes we had well of course we had evan santa fe norman high on friday night what a game what a game high school football krestsports.tv so we enjoyed that together 
And then my fiance and I, we drove back to Enid and we sat back and man, we watched football all weekend long. That was a, a bunch of good games going on. So your family is a sports centric family or no? It is. Yes, we. It, it was Josh. It was college football all day Saturday. Stayed up Friday night after the game because I thought Colorado was just going to take care of business of Stanford. But well, they looked not, that way. Yeah, they looked that way. And then I get a notification ESPN on my phone app that yeah says Stanford came all the way back, forced overtime. So caught that game really late Friday night. That was uh, yeah probably the signal that it was going to be an interesting weekend. Gosh, man, get up uh, twenty nine to nothing and somehow lose the game. Just terrible. Just terrible. Yeah, so stayed up late for that. Of course, enjoyed College Game Day Saturday. So many good afternoon slate games. Washington and Oregon. And, of course, we know what happened in primetime. Uh, Notre Dame just really taking care of business against USC. I'll confess to uh, watching the scoreboard on Friday night. Uh, should I flip it on? Should I get up and, and turn the TV on? No, I don't care enough about Colorado-Stanford. <laughs> But uh, obviously it looked like it was a great game and another double overtime game, and this time they don't get uh, lucky. So out west, right, let's let's start there with you jumping in this morning. And uh, something else the the next half hour or so I want to dive into, start firing these away on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Have your expectations changed for Oklahoma now this season? I've been – little little teaser of what's coming up next here for you okay consider this the movie trailer if you will i'm not a change the expectations kind of guy generally with oklahoma a program like ou to me i do fall under that under that umbrella and in that camp of look it's ou you expect to go win championships and compete for championships but let's be real about it there were a lot of oklahoma fans and media members, and prognosticators, analysts, whoever you want to say, right, that did not have Oklahoma as a legitimate national championship contender. Now they've tossed their name into that hat as that type of uh, team this season. So for you out there, how do you feel about things? I mean, do you feel differently now? Have your expectations of what you want this season to turn into Big 12 championship, college football playoff, national championship? Has any of that based on the front half of the season and what you've seen from Oklahoma? Has that shifted for you? Yeah, I mean, Josh, my, ex- my expectations have changed a little bit. Just I just didn't expect OU to be this good defensively. I thought it would take another year for Venables in the system to uh, get ready to go, but they're in a perfect spot right now through six games, and man, everything is just right in front of them, and what the Big 12 looks like right now, dude, 11-1 and and 12-0 and in regular season. It's I mean, doable. It, it's very doable right now. Well, let's, let's fully immerse ourselves in that next, but first things first, I think it's okay to I don't want to say totally revel in or celebrate USC losing the way it did to Notre Dame because Plank and I have kind of been in the camp of, look, I'm not going to be rooting for Lincoln Riley, not speaking for Plank here, just speaking for myself, but I'm also not trying to dunk all over Lincoln Riley's failures out West. Just doesn't matter that much to me. Oklahoma in a good situation. I like Brent Venables as the man leading this program and really – Almost immediately for me, I, I was ready. Okay, hey, let's turn the chapter. Let's move on. He wants to go out there. He, he can go to USC and do his own thing. Obviously, some things that have been said and done 
by Lincoln Riley has rattled the Sooners hornet nest a little bit, right? Hasn't always taken the path of least resistance. Hasn't always taken the nicest approach to Oklahoma on the way out. And I get that for Oklahoma fans. Some of the things that Lincoln Riley has said and done makes it to where you don't just immediately move on. That being said, even though I'm not totally in the camp of, hey, let's dunk all over Lincoln Riley, I'll give you this one. It's a good weekend to feel validated in the sense that Oklahoma got it right. And even even though Lincoln Riley chooses to leave for USC, right? So Oklahoma's hand is forced to go get a new head football coach, all of that. They hire Brent Venables, and right now where we're at today, you can feel confident that Oklahoma's on a trajectory that has this thing headed in a championship direction. If not right here, right now, then in the near future with what you're doing in recruiting and the defensive improvement that we've seen. I've said uh, last week, and, and I stand by this, now there might be a little bit of magic in the bottle right now for Oklahoma this season that sort of mirrors 2000, right? Are you ever going to have a team that's this bought in again to Brent Venables and the staff and what they're selling? I don't know. Maybe we're just living it, and we're in the midst of something incredibly special for Oklahoma, and I think they're talented enough to go win the whole thing. I, I do. I definitely think they're talented enough to win the Big 12 and to get into the college football playoff, and I think this year is open potentially for them to, to go win it, right? But Oklahoma's going to be better going forward from a talent standpoint, it appears. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're just in a much better spot from where USC is at. USC, it, it goes to show Saturday night that they are not a national championship uh, caliber team. they still got some ways to go. But, yeah, you just want to focus on Oklahoma. You want to focus on the team right now. As much as you want to give crap to Lincoln Riley and uh, what happened to his team Saturday night. But you you are in a perfect spot right now uh, if you're Oklahoma. And you know what? Enjoy it. L- live it up. And we- it happened on a bye week, too. That's the thing. It, it was and has been a nasty breakup. I think back just to, to my – I can only kind of look at these things through my own sports experience, if you will, right? I grew up in Kansas, and Roy Williams leaving KU was a massive thing. A couple years before, I'm never leaving Kansas. A couple years later, he leaves, right? He goes to North Carolina. Roy Williams didn't sit there and say a bunch of nasty things about KU when he left. Lincoln Riley has done that to Oklahoma. So the situations are different. And even for KU fans, it took until a spank down in the Final Four of North Carolina for that fan base to fully move on, right? So for OU fans... It's okay to to revel in the moment a little bit that uh, Lincoln Riley got embarrassed and that you are vindicated and you are right in your standpoint of what we saw, right? uh, The lived experience that we had as sports fans, which was this thing started out with a nice situation with Baker Mayfield and then Kyler Murray, and it got progressively worse, progressively worse at Oklahoma. We got some textures on the Knibmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Reacting to over the weekend for uh, Lincoln Riley, guy from Parts Unknown says, I hated USC long before Muleshoe. He's just icing on the cake. Uh, USC, Miami, Texas A&M, and Colorado all losing. Great, great weekend. Ah, what a weekend. <laughs> what, a, yeah, what a slate of losses. It- from the teams you hate. If that's uh, if that's your hate viewing, <laughs> man, what what a weekend it was. 
from the 405. I'm happy about Riley's failures because their fans were talking mess about BV. And they were. Yeah, they and were. And now yeah. that tune, by the way, changing a little bit. Changing a little <laughs> bit from that fan base. I see the message boards. And we saw so many clips from uh, Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams. Gosh, I can't remember the other name who was up there uh, for that postgame conference uh, after Notre Dame. But it was funny to <laughs> see some of the comments from him. The the seven eight five out of Lawrence Kansas Roy Williams picture still lives in the bathroom at the downtown barbershop in Lawrence. I'm cleaning this up, but Tebow <laughs> should stay uh, in that bathroom. Uh, oh, for that's a long great. <laughs> Tebow's picture, anyway. Yeah, should it should. <laughs> See, there's at least one person kind of got the reference <laughs> a little bit, but they are different though because uh, the way that one guy left and talked about the the previous establishment versus the other, it's just. Apples and oranges. Not even it's night and day. They're different. Sooner Gundy. Lincoln Riley's being exposed before our eyes. And meanwhile, on the other half of this equation, everything comes back to Oklahoma in this, right? It comes back to the way that Lincoln Riley talked about Oklahoma. The fact that he didn't appreciate what really his career was gifted by the University of Oklahoma. And then it comes back to, okay, you as fans, I as a media member. University of Oklahoma fans, you had reasonable evidence to feel like, okay, it was never going to get to that national championship point with Lincoln Riley because of the failures to address the defensive side of the football, and your hope was that Brent Venables was going to deliver you in that direction because he'd done it at Clemson and obviously uh, previously had done it at Oklahoma. And after this weekend, revel in it, baby, because this is a this is a good one to – Ratchet up the ammunition with. You you look justified this weekend. Well, it's about having a tough and physical team, and yes, it goes to show that USC does not have that, and yes, they do not have that on the front seven. The rest of the season, expectations, have they altered at all? Let's discuss next. It's hour number three of the Plank Show, presented by Mop and Roofing. Josh and Connor back with you in a moment. Is this USC's song? I believe so, yes. Misery business, ladies and gentlemen, as we uh, welcome you back. Unintentional, I'm sure, but uh, it is fitting. It's the Plank Show. A couple more uh, segments before we hand off the baton triumphantly to Steelman and Thune at noon. This hour, in the meantime, brought to us by our great friends over at Mop and Roofing. Hey, uh, not, not a bad time. Right now to get Mop and Roofing and the the team out to check out your roof, right? What are we dealing with before the winter months come along? They got you covered, Oklahoma. Call Bob Moppin and his team, 405-703-3843. Full-service company, family-owned, and operated with over 35 years of experience. So kind of uh, carved the conversation out, and we can – we, we can briefly share some more thoughts here before we hop to the phone lines and read some uh, text messages from you on the way out the door. My expectations for Oklahoma, like I said, win a conference championship, compete for a national championship, that's always the expectation at OU. And generally speaking, that's always my expectation. But let, let's be fair about it. It was 6-7 and seven a season ago. There were some serious, serious defensive problems. You had a quarterback that the inaccuracies, right? That was sort of the point of contention throughout the offseason. Could Dylan Gabriel be more accurate in key 
downs and distances in critical situations. And there was a lot of fans that felt like the answer to that question was no. Dylan Gabriel couldn't do that. Well, each of those two components, the defense, obviously, rapid improvement there. You hoped that would be the case. You thought it could be the case for Brent Venables in Oklahoma because guess what? The the thing that I kept coming back to last year, but it was hopium, baby. It was hopium. Hope upon hope upon hope. But I, I did keep coming back to, okay, Brent Venables at Clemson, the numbers, and I don't have them in front of me. So take my word for it, ladies and gentlemen. But year one to year two to year three, there was big-time defensive improvement. It wasn't great in year one for Brent Venables at Clemson, but by year three, basically Clemson's the the nation's top defense under Brent Venables. So you hoped that those similar sorts of things, even as bad as Oklahoma was defensively a season ago, that that would happen for OU, and and it has so far this year. Much The the third-down defense rapidly improved, right? Red zone defense significantly improved. Obviously, scoring defense, historic, uh, the amount that they've jumped there. So the defensive improvement we hoped for has happened. Dylan Gabriel, he's been really good. I mean, this is somebody that Matt Leinert's talking about as a Heisman uh, legitimate candidate, and he should be, should be mentioned in all of that. So my expectations, because of those improvements, among a, a number of other things that Oklahoma's doing well, and What's going on around Oklahoma in college football and in the Big 12? Absolutely. The the expectation is now, if it wasn't before, and probably, to me, trying to not move the goalposts, so to speak, but to be realistic and fair to the fact that OU was 6-7 and seven a season ago, I wanted double-figure wins, a trip to Arlington, or the Big 12 championship, right? Go win the thing on the way out the door, and definitely – if, if not that, you better be in the mix for it. Better go play for it. So Oklahoma's on track to do those things, and now expectations, I'm a firm believer, can evolve and change as a year goes on, positively or negatively. And right now, it's fortunately, it's positively for Oklahoma. And I think it should be. I think, I think your expectation of, hey, let's go win a college football playoff game, let's win this league first, that's, that's not crazy talk anymore. No, and then New York Six Bowl and then college football playoff. It's crazy that we can talk about that now just based on what all happened last year. And then, Josh, the guys on the defensive side of the ball, they're just more comfortable out there, and you don't have guys looking toward the sideline like right before the snap happens. So they know what they're doing uh, on the field and the busted coverages. There were a few early on in the season, but you're really not seeing that uh, these past few weeks. Uh, By the way, uh, before we go to the phone lines, just real quick, if uh, you follow us on social media, you might have already seen this, but if you don't, friendly heads up for you out there. Ref Army, we are giving out five $100 gift cards to people that fill out our six-question survey. So make sure anybody in your household that listens to the ref, fill it out for us. It's easy. You just go find us on uh, X, formerly known as Twitter. Search KREF Sports, and the, the link is right there on our latest tweet or you know, as we get down the road today, one of our most recent tweets. And who knows, maybe it's a pinned tweet. But we would appreciate it if you go fill out the uh, survey there. True Suter on the phone lines. Riverwind Casino jackpot line. What's up, True? Good morning. How's it, how's it going, guys? Man, uh, it's going well. you got to be on cloud nine, baby. Raiders win. Raiders win. Super Bowl. You know, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> great, great weekend of football, True. <laughs> it's a home Super Bowl, baby, for the Raiders. So have, have you guys ever? Now you guys are younger than I am. Not you know, 
So have you guys ever had a bad relationship before and you get out of it and you're sad that it's it's over with, whether it been, you know, your fault or their fault or both your fault, whatever. But then when you hear that person's voice, like a year later, you just want to like, it, it's like fingernails going down a chalkboard. That's kind of like what Lincoln Riley, whenever you were playing that clip oh, 30 minutes just ago. brutal, wasn't it? It's just every, you know, it's just the whole snarky little, Oh, I'm better than you. You guys don't know what you're talk, talking about. We're, close. we're not that bad. We're close. We're not that bad. <laughs> we're not we, that far know, away. We, that was the quote from Saturday. Here's my here's my proof. Painful. You know, we're yeah, here, here's my proof because you know, ex teams, I'm not gonna mention OU because I don't want to help them at all, but but my ex teams that I had, which I was the only reason why they were winning, you know, here's the reason why that you know, we were one play away. You know, it, it's just every oh, year just we went except for one and oh. played for a conference title. It's, it's just like brutal. the lowering of the bar. Oh, well, we played for a conference title. Great. That's not what USC or Oklahoma want. Ah, uh, just brutal, man. But, you know, you're asking about why do we feel differently about this year? OK, think back two years ago. Or do you? I mean, do, you know, well, I'm just open ended. Do you feel okay. differently? Two years ago on Lincoln Riley's last his last team at OU, when they were nine and zero. How do you feel differently about that nine and O team versus this six and O team? And to me, it's a it's a total three sixty. Well, yeah, because you're playing complimentary football, and yeah. there's a belief that it's going to continue. And oh, by the way, complimentary football KO to Texas team that people are talking about as a legitimate national player as well, right? So exactly. it's totally different. You're not skating by, and even in the close wins. You've gone and made plays. It's just the whole vibe around the program is different right now. They, they could they they were they were one possession away from going up on Texas. I mean, for people that say that OU won that in the final drive, OU won that game for three quarters. I mean, that third they controlled quarter, they it. Could have got, they, they could have gone up by seventeen points in that third quarter. So I don't want to hear about how they got lucky and they and, and they drove the ball down the last drive and that's what hey. OU won that. I won that game in the trenches. Excuses are for losers, baby. We don't need yeah. them. Hey, I got a real quick thing. I, I saw a U.S. I saw a person. I, there was a couple of funny USC tweets on on uh, Twitter yesterday or X or whatever they're calling it now. But uh, there was a couple of them that said Oklahoma fans tried to warn us. You know, this team is never going to win a championship. Not with not with Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All this. But here, listen to this. This one fan says, I guess this is an OU fan, but she says. USC fans, now is the time to watch for visits to other states during bye weeks. Watch airports, <laughs> lock lock up your shoes, and guard your smokers. <laughs> yes. be, aware, be, be aware of sketchy wording, like I'm, go, I'm not going to be the next head coach at LSU. <laughs> It, it might be time to trade in your black escalate. Yes, you got to be on. You got to be on guard now. It, this is this is red alert. No question. Yeah. Have a good one, man. Okay, thanks, Drew. You too, buddy. All right, see you, man. All right. One final T.O. We'll come back, put a bow tie on this thing uh, on a Monday right here. It's the Plank Show. I forget who had the text earlier, but they're right. Man, it's fun doing this radio program and talking to you. When it's 6-0 and and you beat Texas, kick the feet up, watch uh, Lincoln Riley and USC fail. Man, things are going good. What a fun time. Uh, one final time uh, before we get out of here. Thank you to Mop and Roofing. Presenting hour number three for us. They got you covered, Oklahoma, 405-703-3843. No better time than now to get that roof checked out. Call Bob Moppin and his team. A couple of uh, texts before we say adios to the people. 
Yeah, we got Ty from Bartlesville says, if I would have told you at the beginning of the season by week seven, DG would have better Heisman odds than Caleb Williams. How crazy would you have called me? That is wild now because Caleb Williams, after that performance Saturday night, dude, he has dropped back. And Dylan's what, at two or three? Right behind Phoenix, uh, the quarterback for Washington. Yeah, it's uh, – well, I, I, what I would have told you, and thank you, Shark, by the way, who uh, tossed the text in earlier that uh, winning a lot better than whining about Well losing, done, Shark. Uh, appreciate that. I, I would have said that obviously USC is lost somewhere and, and Dylan Gabriel in Oklahoma must be undefeated. As simple as that. I, I wouldn't have – you know, I didn't think it was impossible, though. Going in, I wouldn't have picked it, but uh, I wouldn't have said it was impossible either, because you know team success is always sort of wrapped up in the Heisman. And in Dylan Gabriel was pretty good a year ago, but the team success obviously was not. And in key moments for Dylan Gabriel, it wasn't great. Well, that's the thing; it's a pretty similar start from last year for DG. He's got a defense that is really helping him out too. Now, if he does have uh, maybe a few three and outs, the defense picks him back up. Well, uh, one more before we get out of here, or no? Let's see. 405, let's be honest, guys. Our last year OU team was really close, winning nine or ten true. games. He just said the fourth quarters were a big problem. And you know which what? Which is true. And he said, you're right, they are on the path to win a championship soon. That's it for us. For Connor, I'm Josh for Plank. Everybody have a great day. See you tomorrow.